Welcome to Mankato's City Stream, a podcast about city happenings. Welcome to Mankato City Stream. I'm your host, Adele Fiedler, and with me today is Sean Schlosser, Associate Director of Transportation Planning Services for the City of Mankato. Welcome, Sean. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Adele. I'm excited to be here. Looking forward to this. It's great to have you back. It's always uh, good to connect with you, and, and you have such a great radio voice, so oh, um, it presents really well. Uh, we've got two topics to focus on for this episode, summer bus routes and then the Mankato Regional Airport. Uh, why don't we start with the bus routes first, since that's, that's coming pretty soon. Sure. Yep. Yeah, the bus routes will be starting soon. So the city of Mankato is continuing its summer bus routes again this year, Cato Go Play and River Valley Ride which launched last year as a pilot project. Can you share why the city is continuing the program? Sure. So Adele, the city uh, chose to continue with the program because of the services it offers to our youth and keeping them connected to activities in our community and keeping them engaged with our community as well. Um, the city council has decided uh, in, in previous years that the fairs for the youth, uh, high school and below, would be free. And those continue on the summer routes as well. So there's no charge for a youth to be able to ride the summer routes. And there's no charge if they want to bring their bike as well. Um, oh. We have bike uh, racks on all the buses. So you can bring your bike to the bottom of the hill in Mankato and uh, be able to use the bus to get back up. Okay. And if they do use their bikes, do they get help, um, at least shown how to load their bike on the bike rack and... How yeah. does that work? Yeah, the drivers will be able to help with that. There's also instructions on it. Okay. Um, and we've got a rider's guide on our website, uh, the city's website for transit. That also helps kind of walk uh, walk you through the steps of how to use the bike rack on the front of the bus. And okay. again, that's on all of our buses. That might be good for some new riders, riders yeah. to know. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, and when you mentioned youth, what is that age? What is that age range? So the age range we're kind of targeting if you think of the youth who are old enough to travel independently with their parents permission but not old enough to drive yet that's kind of our target like our 13 to 15 year old okay. age bracket of course you can ride the bus independently um, you know down to any age that require or any age that you're comfortable with as a parent letting your child ride um, but yeah, our, our main target for this was to get those um, kind of in between the driving and not being able to drive. That uh, that was our target comedian, our target audience rather. Okay, and so that kind of ties into my next question: Why is this particular service important to to those transit users or bus riders? Well, it it offers the ability to remain connected with our community. So. Uh, attending community events, educational events in the park, being able to get to playgrounds, being able to keep active and outside in a way that's safe and healthy for all of us, quite frankly. Um, the ability to do that independently uh, with safe, dependable transportation um, and um, the ability to kind of, you know, the, the comment, maybe perhaps you recall this when you grew up, um, there's nothing to do here. And perhaps nothing to do was built around, I can't get anywhere. And so we provide that transportation mode to be able to get you to places, to get out, join your friends, have a wonderful summer, stay connected to the community. And perhaps someday when you, um, you may choose to go off for a time, but we'd like you to come back to the community of Mankato and spend your life here. 
That sounds really good. It also gives them an opportunity to connect with city staff, the bus drivers who are taking them back and forth. And it might be the only way for a long time that youth are connecting with city services or at least directly connecting with city services. Yeah, that's true. Especially at the, at the age of the youth that we're, uh, that's our audience. Mm-hmm. Um, that may be the first engagement they have. And we have some fantastic bus drivers on all our buses, but uh, primarily the, the drivers, they, they actually choose to drive the K to go play and the river Valley ride bus routes. Okay. So they're looking forward to it when they they get on there. That's good. Uh, Last year, there were a number of destinations in North Mankato and in Mankato. Uh, Will those destinations be the same this year? So generally, yes, they will be the same. There's some changes. We have some construction going on at Turtle Lock Park. And so the pool is closed, uh, but River Valley Ride does offer transportation to Henniker Pond. And so that's a, a great way to get to a summer splash area. Um, the, uh, parks and the schools that we have, for instance, uh, K2Go Play travels to the YMCA and to, um, Southern Minnesota Children's Museum and also to the Blue Earth County Library. All of those places are served by these routes. Okay. So some major destinations that, um, youth most likely really want to go to. Yep. Absolutely. And we're not confined to the routes uh, Cato Go Play and River Valley Ride. And what I mean by that is if there's a connector and our brochure does a nice job of showing where the connectors are onto our regular route system, you can simply transfer uh, and ride a, the, a different bus line to maybe you want to go to the mall. And you can do that by using the connectivity between the bus routes. Okay. And that's still no cost. That's correct. Yep, there's no cost for transferring. And you were talking about uh, two different buses, the Cato Go Play and River Valley Ride, and you listed a number of destinations um, as well as those particular uh, bus services. Mm-hmm. Does a rider need to use a specific bus to get to those destinations? Those are two separate routes. Okay. And so you'll want to be able to uh, locate the route map to determine if it takes you to the destination that you want to go. Yep. They serve two distinct areas. River Valley Ride, as the name implies, stays closer to the river uh, into locations in North Mankato, one of our great partner cities. And Cato Go Play stays on the Mankato side of the river. All right. With with two different bus services going different areas, they have Mm -hmm. their um, specific destinations. How will people know they're at the correct bus stop to take advantage of the service? Our bus stops for K2Go Play and River Valley Ride are marked in a unique way. We have the traditional transit sign, that uh, red T, if you will. And underneath that is a a smaller sign that indicates K2Go Play or River Valley Ride, so you'll know which bus stop you're at. Yep, so you can watch for that. Those signs are all still up. That sounds good. And it looks like they have specific colors, too. They are. That they can um, look for. Yep, our... uh, our engagement team did a great job of fashioning those colors so it made sense. So Okay to Go Play is more Mankato and green colored, and River Valley Ride is orange. All right, great. Um, and then also the city recently conducted a survey to learn where youth wanted to go as part of the summer um, route service. Yeah. Are you able to share some of the things that were learned in that survey? Sure, absolutely. I was just reading through it recently. Uh, some fascinating feedback from our youth. It's wonderful. I did have to learn how to um, how to work through the IDK and some of the uh, youth abbreviations, but I made it. Um, you know what I 
it, it, the survey did a nice job of showing us the locations that our youth want to go to. And the majority of those locations are being served through the two routes, K to go play River Valley ride or through connecting with our existing service. So we're really proud of that because we worked very, very hard to make those routes work out. Um, what I learned was uh, we have some work to do in educating our community about the existing service that we have and about riding transit anyway, um, how to help our community members uh, recognize that our buses are a safe way to transport, that the fares are free for youth. There were some comments that they're too expensive, but they're free. Um, and so getting that word out that the fares are free, uh, they can ride for free, they can bring their bicycle for free, um, where the routes go, those are some things that we're really working on. And also um, some branding issues, right, so that uh, folks can understand where the city buses operate, how to find a stop, and how to find uh, the destination and how to get there. And I think that translates along our entire transit service for the city of Mankato. Those are things that we're learning from feedback from the community and some things that we're really working on uh, right now, in fact, as we're working through our strategic plan, how to improve the transit system and and the improvements that uh, I feel we need to make are in educating and branding so that you can recognize and not just go for a bus ride, mm -hmm. but get to your destination and to have confidence in using the transit system. So help better people better understand when they see a bus driving down the road that yeah. it is a city bus. Yes, absolutely. Those are our goals. So it sounds like the with that survey, a lot was learned and absolutely further analysis will be um, done and kind of see where the next steps are. Yes, I appreciate uh, the one survey that said what would make you. The question was what would uh, encourage you to ride the bus more, and the answer was if they were pink. I like that. <laughs> A colorful bus. Mm -hmm. um, so based on, on what was learned, you shared a couple of ideas. Are there any next steps that you can share or are we still putting all that information together? So we are looking at all the information and making sure that we have connectivity to as many places as we possibly can that the survey identified were destinations. Um, with that, we're also working on our branding and getting the word out. Uh, and then kind of in a longer term um, strategy, if you will, we're looking at the transit system as a whole and questioning whether there is a way to design the transit system so that these points of interest are points that are available all the time oh, okay. instead of just during the summer. And that'll kind of come with a redesign. Uh, we're not sure what that looks like yet or whether or not that's possible yet. But in a, in a parallel process, we're working on the summer routes, which is what we're talking about now. But we're also working uh, strategically on planning improvements for our bus system as a whole. Okay. So those are kind of our next steps. This really helps inform both how do we improve the summer routes and are we uh, on task with making sure that we are taking our youth where they want to go and also should we be incorporating some of these into more of a, a continuous process? Okay. It sounds like another podcast opportunity in the future. It is. Uh, going back to summer routes, I know I segued a little bit there. Mm -hmm. uh, summer's just around the corner. When is the service expected to start? We 
are confident we're going to start the service in June. We're still working through the actual dates. So uh, I would encourage folks to uh, connect with the city via CityLink and to make sure that they're watching for the press releases. And I have no doubt it'll be in the paper. So any of the social media links that the city has. Sounds good. And then what are the hours of operation for people who are interested? When can they use the service? They can use the service Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. until 5 p.m. That's when it's offered. All right. And what is the cost? I know you said youth are are free. Um, How about older adults? (laughs) Sure. No, absolutely. And I would encourage folks to view the city's website under transit to identify what the fares are. Because we have discounted fares for those who are disabled, those who are Medicare eligible uh, and carry the card, those who are veterans as well. Um, the base fare is $1.50 for a ride. That's not bad. Nope. And the discounted fares then come down to like 75 cents. Okay. So very reasonable to get yep. Yep. somewhere within the city. Yeah. Yeah. It was really important to the council that we keep the cost to our uh, customers as low as possible. And so that's something that we're continuing with. How long is the service going to be provided? With June coming up here? Yep, June's coming up shortly. Uh, It will be provided during the summer until August. Okay. So think about um, what we're able to do is use some of our resources that are not being used because uh, Minnesota State University Mankato is not in session. And so once the university goes back in session, we have to... uh, maneuver our resources to make sure that we're uh, providing opportunities for those 10,000 new community members that come into our area without cars as well. Another important population that's served by the the transit system. And that's why we're, we're looking at whether or not these routes or, or more importantly, these locations get incorporated into our full service. I can appreciate that your team is really looking um, closely at what and asking people, the community, what what their needs are. Where would they like to go? What would get them to ride the bus and trying to find a way that works for them? Um, And I'm sure that's not easy to do, but I can appreciate the work that your team's putting behind that. Yeah, I think it's really important that we hear from our community. Um, And, you know, often folks are saying in in the importance of climate change and being environmentally conscious, and this is all a portion of that, because if we can provide a a solid bus service that's dependable, that people have confidence in using, and maybe keep your particular car off the road today, that's one less car. And if we can provide that to a multitude of our community members, that's awesome for our community Mm -hmm. to be able to be uh, environmentally conscious like that. And that is an important city effort too. So mm-hmm. that connection. Yep, absolutely. That's a whole wide goal for all of us. What will make this year's effort a success? Wow. What would make it a success would be for individuals to really use this and to continue to provide us feedback so we can make improvements. Those two things would really be successful in my, in my view. And going back to a focus on on the community that, that we serve. Yep. That's really good. Absolutely. Is there anything else about the summer bus routes that you'd like to add? And definitely going to schedule another podcast opportunity for the other transit information you good. were sharing. Yeah. Um, we are excited to be able to provide this service again. Uh, we're encouraging our audience of... 13 to 15 year olds, but by all means, not everyone, or I'm sorry, by all means, everyone 
is invited to ride our summer routes and to take the opportunity to get outside, stay active, enjoy our parks and our beautiful community. So stay connected and ride the bus with us. Thank you for sharing information about the summer bus routes. And now we're going to switch gears to another area that's keeping you quite busy, the Mankato Regional Airport. Um, Currently, your team is working on an upcoming come-and-go open house for the airport at 3030 North Airport Road. Um, But before we get to that open house, let's talk a little bit about the airport. Um, I understand that the Mankato Regional Airport is the second busiest airport in the state, which is amazing to me, Um, and only second to Minneapolis-St. Paul. Uh, Is that correct? That is correct. It's a crazy concept for you to kind of wrap your head around, but the uh, airport master records that the FAA keeps, um, they're always counting the operations and an operation is a a takeoff or a landing. Those are considered an operation. And so they track those numbers and that's a a way of, um, you know, much like riding the bus, you count the people with airports, you count the planes that come and come and go. Uh, And so we are busier than St. Cloud and Duluth uh, and second busiest to Minneapolis. So that's what the numbers are showing us. And that's what makes the work that we're doing out at the airport so important. Uh, and keeping our community and our uh, aviation community safe. Yeah, those that number is just, or that comparison is, is just so amazing. And I don't think many people realize how busy the Mankato Regional Airport actually is. Yeah. Is um, How does the airport achieve that goal? Or I, I'm not even sure if it is a goal. How do we get so many touchdowns and are, sure. are the second busiest in the state? So to kind of put those numbers into context, um, Minneapolis... International Airport has about 300,000 operations a year. We have about 125,000 operations a year. Okay. Duluth has about uh, 60,000 a year or, yeah, something like that. Oh, yep. So, so there's a, yeah, there's a significant, uh, sorry, St. Cloud's 40, Duluth is 60. Yep. Um, how that's counted uh, for the regional airports like the Mankato, it's, um, it the, was last counted in 2018. Okay. So it's not a count that we keep uh, current because it's because we don't have a tower. It's very expensive to come in and do that counting. You don't have someone sitting there with a little clicker uh, counting every time an aircraft lands. Um, that's not the case in the international airport. That is a very current number for them. One of the reasons that uh, the counts are so high for Mankato is uh, Minnesota State University Mankato has a four-year aviation program. And so those pilots are in training and using the airport as the, the um, both the departure and the destination, quite frankly. Um, when you think about an aircraft taking off and landing, and they're practicing those landings as well. They do spread out into the greater region and use other airports as well. And that's part of keeping congestion down when you think about aviation congestion uh, and keeping things safe. Okay, so the number of aviation students plays a role, yet that's very important to have um, a really good airport that they can use for their training and learning and, and that opportunity to actually... Uh, fly and land a plane versus just using a simulator. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And we have a, a, a large amount of private pilots who utilize our airport. And um, in an increasing number, we have a commercial aircraft coming in. 
And when I say commercial, I'm, I'm not referring to commercial passenger service, but I'm sorry, I use commercial, the word would be corporate. Okay. Um, corporate aircraft. When you think about some of the uh, larger corporations that are operating in the region, um, their leadership comes and goes, goes off to meetings, have their aircraft. You think about the Walmart distribution center, um, think about Taylor Corporation, uh, areas like that, and the activities that take place out at the airport, as well as some businesses operate out of the airport. Um, we have the uh, DNR that houses an aircraft there, and so they're out doing inspections. Uh, we have the uh, gas pipeline. Uh, there's a company out there that inspects gas pipelines okay. as well. Uh, you had mentioned uh, planes. What kind of planes typically use the airport or what, what can land on the airport and how large can those planes get? So planes can, we, so planes can be as large as a uh, Boeing 737 because of the recent runway expansion. We can manage airplanes that large. However, the conditions have to be appropriate for that because um, it, is a, it takes a longer runway. Uh, typically, we're seeing a single engine and some multi-engine as well as jets. Um, there's a company called NetJets, which is in and out of the airport quite frequently lately, bringing corporate passengers in and out. Okay, so the size of the plane really depends on the length of the runway. Yes. Okay. Yep. So certain runways, for instance, um, the airplanes that operate at the Minneapolis International Runway, because of their runway lengths, they would not be able to operate here. Okay. So that would be a limiting factor for them. Okay, that just might help listeners understand why why a certain plane size, that runway length, does yeah. have have yep. a lot to do with it. it has or, a lot to do with it. Um, and then you also touched on, you know, other other businesses are coming in, corporations. Are there services offered at the airport that are encouraging them to use it? Yes, the city of Mankato has an agreement with an organization called North Star Aviation, and they are the term is called a fixed base operator. And they provide all of the services for the pilots and the airplanes themselves uh, in Mankato. So when you come in with your plane, perhaps you need fuel, and they will help manage that. They will help you with the area for you to file your flight plans. Uh, perhaps you need to have your airplane service the restroom, and they'll take care of that as well. So all the services that a, a airplane, air crew, and passengers need, such as a courtesy car or aids to transportation, those are all available through our fixed base operator. And that's very common for every uh, regional airport to have those services as well. Okay. And the airport has undergone some major renovations. I know the last time we were there, um, it had been a while since I'd been at the airport. So it was amazing to see um, what's featured there now. What's some of the work that's been done there that you can share with us? So, um, Two projects we're particularly proud of. One is, it's called a run-up area. Well, three projects. One is um, the remodel of the terminal area. So for the passengers and so for comfort of all individuals, pilots, passengers, whatnot, uh, the terminal is really a nice place to be. It's really well done. On the airport itself, uh, there is an area called a run-up area. And it allows the aircraft to do their pre-takeoff checks in an area that is clear of the runway. And so when you think about how busy our runway is, um, being able to ensure that takeoff and landings can occur uninterrupted while someone is preparing to leave is an important uh, 
step in time savings, fuel savings, because every minute is fuel to an aviation uh, world. Um, so the run-up area has really been critical, and North Star Aviation is saying it is saving them in, in kind of the roughness of like 10 minutes per airplane. And so when they're operating 37 airplanes, that's a considerable savings when you think about fuel and you think about everything else. The other thing that is uh, just being finalized right now is our self-service fuel area. And so that allows the uh, more the general aviation and, and um, smaller airplanes themselves to be able to uh, perform their own fuel service using the fuel that's available at the airport. Okay. So a lot still happening at the airport. And even more so, planning is going on as we speak uh, towards the new aircraft control tower. Yep. That's very exciting yeah, that to is. hear that, that that's moving forward. Um, and so a lot of these items that you talked about, visitors who come to the Come and Go Open House are going to be able to see a lot of the work mm-hmm. that's being done and some of the work that's in process. Can you share when the Open House, um, wh- when it will be and where it will be? Sure. The Open House is on... June the 6th, and it's from 3.30 to 5.30, and it's at the terminal at 33, I'm sorry, 3030 North Airport Road. That's the location of the Mankato Airport, and just inside the terminal in the lobby area, uh, we'll have some uh, presentations set up, and so folks can get a more deeper understanding of the projects that are taking place, uh, and also the projects that are being planned, such as the control tower. They'll be able to understand what the control tower will uh, look like as far as the Federal Aviation Administration's most recent design that was approved in 2023, just last month in April. And uh, to be able to have any questions answered uh, as far as kind of where our future is, where the airport control tower might be located, uh, and some of those considerations in airport design, or not airport design, I'm sorry, tower design, such as the viewing angle, the shadows, the glare, to have that discussion and to help our community members learn a little more. In addition to learning a little bit more um, about those topics you just mentioned, I understand there also be an opportunity for those visitors to share some ideas as well um, and talk about the airport's future. Are there, what are, what are we specifically looking at for um, public feedback? What are we hoping to learn from them? So we have a document that we're producing that uh, sets the airport minimum standards, which applies more to commercial businesses taking place on the airport. And so we certainly want feedback from our commercial business community to make sure that we're getting that document correct and we're not being too restrictive and that we're being fair and equitable to all of the business activities taking place on the airport. Um, that's probably the main, one of the main pieces we're looking for, okay. as well as just a conversation about how a control tower could impact our community economically, um, how it could uh, support our community better, and some of those items that we should be thinking about mm-hmm. as we go towards and move towards the future of planning for the control tower. Okay. A lot of um, important items for people to learn about, share some ideas that they might have. And I understand the airport has very strict guidelines they need to follow as far as installing, I don't know, new equipment, a new airport tower. (laughs) 
<laughs> yep. There's a long, there's a long list of items that are, uh, that are included in when they locate or site an air traffic control tower. One of them is economics of the area. And so hearing from our community and, and even the FAA has stressed the importance of us to make sure we're hearing from our community members as we're making this investment for our region that uh, we're doing it correctly and we're uh, doing it wisely. So why do you think it's important for people to attend the open house? How would you convince them to be part of this? So the airport is a probably one of the best kept secrets in our community and is perfectly poised for growth as you think about uh, helping support the economies of our region, not just here in Mankato. Um, it, it also comes at a considerable expense. Uh, we do share that expense with the FAA and with our state partners, and so we appreciate that. Um, but, you know, part of that is just hearing from the community and making sure that uh, we're thinking about what our community is thinking about and taking those items into consideration. The airport's also just a fun place to be at. It really is to watch the air traffic come and go. It's almost like a mini air show uh, each and every day. So I'd encourage folks to come on out, enjoy the sunshine, see the great airplanes that are taking off learn a little bit about uh, how the airport's maintained and that there is a requirement for how tall the grass can be because it affects <laughs> rodent control. You know, it's, it's a strange, it's a strange concept, but uh, it works and it's effective. And uh, just being able to hear from our community is so important on, on items such as the airport. I know I'm really excited about the event and look forward to attending. And so that's Tuesday, June 6th at the Mankato regional airport, 3030 North airport road, from 3.30 to 5.30. Thank you. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add, Sean? No, come on out and see us at the airport. Make sure you're uh, sharing information about our transit system at Every Voice Main Cato. Uh, that's a great way to provide feedback to our community, and we look forward to seeing folks uh, out at the airport on June the 6th. Sounds great. Thank you for joining us again on Mankato City Stream. Uh, make sure to learn more about the summer bus routes and the airport at MankatoMN.gov. Thanks. This has been the Mankato City Stream podcast. For more information, visit our website at MankatoMN.gov or call 311 or 507-387-8600.